Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone, that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the left wing. So Ireland have beaten Wales 31 points to 7 here at the Viva Stadium. There was 80 minutes and 58 seconds gone in the clock when Ty Byrne went over for Ireland's fourth try to get that four-try bonus win. The other bonus point, uh, the three other tries coming from uh, Dan Sheehan, James Lowe and uh, Kieran Frawley. Ireland got two yellow cards as well, Ty Byrne and James Ryan and uh, a penalty try for Wales. Keen Tracy and Rory O'Connor are here with me. Well, how do you sum up that, lads? Uh, very, it's a difficult game to sum up I don't think it's panned out the way it's probably panned out a little bit the way Warren Gatlin planned it and told us he was planning it he's still got um, it <laughs> he's still got it to some degree I mean yeah. he's got a team there but I think it's going to take them a long yeah. time until they're able to maybe not a long time but they're, they're certainly in development they're very in the early stages of their development but they, start, they he kind of wanted to replicate the All Blacks plan from the World Cup quarter-final and knock Ireland off their stride and I, I don't think any team has really knocked Ireland off their stride as successfully probably apart from the All Blacks maybe and South Africa at the World Cup since England here a year ago in that Grand Slam game where, where you know Ireland got bogged down a little bit and it was a similar maybe a game to that one um, I don't think Ireland were accurate enough in that first half they, they had 70% possession that didn't make it count I think they thought that they'd be able to break Wales after half time but I, I thought they came out too over pumped after half time um, you know they, for about two minutes they looked really slick and then they started giving away penalty after penalty and I think it was six in the first 12 minutes of the second half Wales having been the ill disciplined side after in the first half and Andrea Piardi the referee certainly kind of was giving penalties in waves and they were compounding error after error Ty Byrne goes in the bin and, and they had to fi- kind of find their way through it but I never I know Keane disagrees a little bit I never felt like the result was in jeopardy but I did feel you know Ireland coming off a 17-7 or a 17-14 win would have felt very different to Ireland coming off a 31-7 win it looks very comprehensive but it didn't feel the comprehensive across the 80 minutes probably, probably the poorest performance of their championship so far and Wales had a big big part to play in that yeah. 
That was off the record, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, I think like when when Wales were piling on the pressure after they got the, their penalty try, I was kind of thinking, wow, if they get it back to 17-14, it already felt like a game because Ireland throughout the first half were dominating collisions, whether that was in attack or defence. Every time they carried the ball, they seemed to get over the gain line. There was one big defensive set just before the end of halftime. Uh, I think it was Caelan Doris and Josh van der Feer both came up with massive um, dominant tackles, which I suppose is the the buzzword for the last um, few years um, but Rod's right the way they came out in the second half it was like they left their heads in the dressing room I don't know was it a bit of complacency or were they too over eager like Rod says but yeah I was just kind of thinking if they got it back to 17-14 then suddenly I think the stadium was going to get a bit nervous as well but a huge defensive set again um, I thought the bench were absolutely immense um, Ryan Baird was outstanding I thought James Ryan was very good before he got the yellow card Keen Healy had a couple of big moments you had Stuart Ronan Kelleher had a Ronan Kelleher yeah. he was the one who won the yeah. Yeah, the, the turnover, the turnover. There, yeah. James Ryan and Ryan Baird both made several tackles in that phase as well so that was the, the point where I knew that the game was safe look I, I didn't fear that Ireland were going to lose but if Wales had got it back to a three point game then you are sitting that little bit uh, more uncomfortable but you know the bench had a big impact like I said but they got away with it in a sense as well because you had Stuart McCloskey playing on the wing which obviously was not part of the plan uh, Calvin Nash goes off with a bit of an injury we're obviously going to go down now and get an, an update on that but you, you end up with a situation where um, Stuart McCloskey is against Rio Dyer an absolute flyer now Wales weren't able to exploit that and to be fair to McCloskey he slotted in really well came up with a really big tackle um, down here as try. well yeah absolutely so look Andy Farrell has used clunky I would say several times over his tenure to Does describe different performance. Di- yeah, I, I think it will. I think Clunky summed up mm. that performance um, really. So, uh, look, there were lots of good things in it. I mean, a debut for Oli Yeager, who put himself about um, off the bench as well. Um, Bundiaki was great in, in midfield, but I think he'll be he'll be a little bit disappointed that they made hard work for you touching it there, Sinead, in your intro. It took them to basically the 81st minute to get the bonus point, and if they hadn't got that bonus one, I think they would have been really annoyed with themselves. There was one stage in the first half where I thought are Ireland going to nil a team for the second successive mm. game but as you say there was opportunities they left out there and then just that start of the second half I they, mean they had the chance to break Wales but the old failing of the line out came back to haunt yes. them they, a, a couple went astray the throwing well you know not to put it all on the hooker but the timing seemed to be off a few went the over the top as well, weren't the they? lifting yeah. they just weren't I mean for a team who's had two weeks to prepare for this game they didn't look tuned in to the same degree and that's a failing and it, like Wales did contest much harder than Scotland and Italy had in the last two games and again that's it that's Scotland dusting off the plan and going after Ireland and putting them under pressure and asking them questions that may be a poor sorry not a poor France team but a very uh, on the night they were poor and an Italy team who came to contain weren't able to do so I think that was like they will have very valuable footage just as as Steve Borthwick Felix Jones and the English coaching ticket will have a lot to pour over here Andy Farrell now and his team now have two weeks to build towards Twickenham and a lot of flaws to iron out and a lot of players that they can sit down with and and, and kind of go right this is what you did did well this is what you did wrong whereas the other two games maybe didn't get asked the same kind of questions Mm. but what do you think um, was down to? I mean, we think this team is immune to complacency. All you know that they're always tuned in. So, what do you think? I like they're human. Like, yeah. I, I think yeah. the, the, the twenty. I mean, they beat the spread. They came in twenty-four points, yeah. but the big spread. That what was happening outside. I'm sure when they were off, they were getting. You know, everyone was saying, expecting, talking about grand slams. And, and look, they 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 are very mentally strong and able to shut things out. But they are human, and I'm sure yeah. it, it seeped into some degree. They're missing Hugo Keenan. Fraudy did well, but I do think that you know. 
Keenan offers them something that they maybe were missing today and that, it, 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 the way he popped up against Italy and just broke the game wide open a couple of times Crowley's still learning I thought their game management after half time went down to 14 men was very poor they went through I think it was an 8 minute ball and play period with Wales that became absolute chaos and Boots really flying everywhere and everything and it was only when they yeah absolutely and that, that was a great moment Andrew Porter threw away his opposition numbers <laughs> boot and they ended up playing through that whole period with one boot but Ireland never spotted him and went after him but that was a time to slow it down to put boot to ball to Pardon show some pun. composure I think yeah, I think Johnny Sexton who was here Keane's mate from before the game um, you know would have maybe calmed things down put boot to ball played a bit of territory managed that period where Ty Byrne was in the bin much much better Byrne comes on and makes a big play at a mall to kind of make sure it does stay at 17 uh, sorry 17-7 but that period I think really spoke to a team that is not the the level we expect them to be at in terms of game management so there was a lot of flaws in the performance but this maybe is the Ireland that we expected to see in this tournament that we didn't see in the first two rounds a team that's you know John McCarthy gave away a couple of penalties in the second half and got, got yoinked off you know like these are maybe the, the growing pains that you expect when you make a couple of changes and they, they, they're making those mistakes while winning 31-7 against Wales at home so we may sound overly negative on them I'm not sure but it, like I do think we expect a lot of this Irish team and they probably didn't deliver on it. I, I, that's what's the point I was going to make. I think people, including us, have such high expectations of this team. But, I mean, it's still a Six Nations game and we should give Wales some credit. Yeah. They made it tough and they, they were the ones who were forcing those errors from Ireland. But they've no divine right to turn up and beat teams with bonus points. And I think maybe because our expectations are so high, we expect them to do, them, do it without any issues. And look, I think we touched on this after the Italy game as well. If this is going to to be potentially another Grand Slam. There usually is sticking points along the way. And look, I don't think there's any harm in having a performance like that before you go to Twickenham because if they had hammered Wales out the gate, if the line-out had been great, the scrum, which was exceptional, yeah. um, Andrew Porter did a serious number um, along with his front row colleagues as well but it just gives them plenty of work to, to do over the next couple of weeks which is no bad thing either they've got the break week again ideal timing because England away after they got over the hump of Wales and Marseille was always going to be a big test I still feel like that's going to be the case obviously they're playing against Scotland now we don't know the result of that as we're, as we're speaking but it's no bad place for you know Andy Farrell to come in on later next week whenever they do and have loads of things to show them like, I think that's a good thing as well. And Rory mentioned uh, Kieran Foley. There obviously a lot of talk about him in the build-up to this one. You know, in the second half, he had his kind of dummy chip and chase and a few cross field mm. kicks and obviously his try as well. How would you rate how he went? I, I think he grew into it. I, mm. I think it was just through no fault, really, of his own in the first half of the ball. We were commenting on it, weren't we? Just didn't seem to, to come his way. No. No. But you saw the, the dual playmakers, I thought, yes. working much better in the second half. There was one lovely set where uh, Frawley got on as first receiver. I think it was three or four different times and Jack Crowley was loaded out the back at the other side of the pitch so that's exactly I think what Andy Farrell wants from Frawley when he comes in obviously great moment for scoring his try in his first yeah. Six Nations start like that was a class moment for him I thought he did really well uh, Warren Gatland as we know spoke about trying to target him in, in, in and I don't really think they did that I, it, you Rudd mentioned there you're missing Hugo Keenan of course you're going to miss Hugo Keenan but at, by the same token Frawley didn't really do much no, wrong I didn't think at that all that comment like, is not no, I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah. I think it's the it's almost like the Johnny Sexton effect mm, that yeah. when Johnny Sexton wasn't around, standards mm. dropped a little bit. And I think like, there was a couple of moments. There was an up and under from Jack Crowley that was perfect and Frawley lost out to his to his opposite number. Great take. I think, to be I think fair. it was a great take, yeah. but I think Keenan 
maybe or Rob Carney like you know this is what we're comparing him with is Ireland's fullbacks of the great fullbacks of, of the times gone past you know may, may have gone and won that That's, look it's an exceptionally high standard I'm holding him to but that is the jersey he's wearing um, I just think I don't Keenan, think it was a type of performance though and I'm not uh, saying you're saying that that Farrell would be reluctant to put him all. in again but, so I, but I think it was a performance maybe from the team that shows just how valuable Hugo Keenan is but I'm not like I'm not putting it all down to his absence and I'm certainly not putting it on the shoulders of, of no. Frawley who I thought was really really good and showed mm-hmm. some lovely touches it's just I, I'm not sure that he's like I don't think he's a natural fullback and I think he's he looked like a very good player playing well out of position but still that I would like, you know, I'd be, I would take great comfort from the the, the word we're getting that Frawley's probably sorry that, that Keenan is probably going to be back for for Twickenham because I think it, well, we maybe maybe Frawley needs that time in that jersey to, to get to to a, to a higher level, but I think the team needs Keenan quite a lot. But that's not to denigrate what Kieran Frawley achieved out there. I thought he was very very good. And the the bench split, uh, you mentioned it there earlier. I don't know why they would go back to 5-3 now when you have players like Ryan Bird running up through the centre, running like a back, you know, the it's impact not, It's made. not like there's back three players beating down the door to get into that 23. Now, Gary Ringrose will be will be coming into contention for for two weeks' time, and maybe that's an incentive to go 5-3. Maybe it's the side of Stuart McCluskey. Well, I suppose he could be in the number 23 jersey ahead of McCluskey. But Which McCluskey, Farrell tends to like a big centre. Yeah, yeah, and, the, yeah. And, and Ringrose is probably more comfortable yeah. on the wing as well, so probably offers you a bit more comfort in that regard. Um, although Frawley will probably drop on the best I talk through it it'll probably be Frawley because um, you know he'll probably drop out and Keenan comes back in so whether Ringrose gets in or not he was running the line today you know running the water and the tea and stuff um, the question he asked though was about the bench and, and I thought they were exceptional and I know James Ryan got a yellow car but like the, what, what the risk that they're running is are they playing their way, their way into the team or are they such an effective unit coming onto the pitch that mm. they're just going to end up being yeah. like the bomb yeah. squad from South Africa who will yeah. become a unit like Baird I thought was really really good I thought he made poor decisions on the end of the kind of line breaks that no other player in, in Ireland can make now that's something that you can coach the decisions but you can't coach what he did in the first place like this, the first time he breaks through Sam Costello's in front of him and rather than just go through him which you know as a big powerful se- yeah, second row cup you know come blindside should have done he looked for the pass mm. having run away from Jameson Gives Park the second time it was a good play by Daffa Jenkins to dispossess him but the actual physical prowess that he brings the line out for line out play that he has it's, it's really outstanding Conan I thought was excellent Kelleher was really good at, like he's not going to get in ahead of Dan Sheehan but god what a luxury to bring him on Keane Heady at the age of 59 was yeah. sensational he was um, Ollie Yeager like I thought did well without Con- being Conor Murray brought a bit of calm Murray was I didn't good. think it was James Gibson Park's best game I have to say I thought he lacked Wonder a little bit of control Conor Murray have come on yeah I think earlier. so we, we were commenting Maybe, on yeah. this look I, James Gibson Park is an outstanding yeah. player but there are times where I I think he forces it a little bit when and we've seen this for Leinster a couple of times I'm thinking of that Ulster game when Ulster beat him um, back in January was it he threw the pass that got intercepted there's times when Ireland are deep in the 22 where you'd like just a little bit more calm build through the phases and there was one moment in the first half where he did that again in the second half he had a kick where I think it got blocked down as he was kind of put it through so I think a little bit, bit more forced calm. it a bit the two of them I think yeah, Crowley I, forced I, it a bit I thought as well. so too yeah because the pack like I mentioned were just destroying Wales like, and the platform was there I think for the halfbacks to bring a little bit more control so I thought it goes it back duo. to that game management point that I made and, and, and you've got to play to your strengths and Ireland's strength normally is their attacking game but today they were so dominant in the collision that maybe they could have just tightened up and won mm. the game before they started going wide a little bit more because if they'd gone around the corner a little bit more that Wales team wasn't up to the physical challenge of that you know just pound them into the corner Maul, Rook you know four scrums like you, you even build a score like they were I know they got the points off the Maul at the corner but like even going 3-6-9 might have been an option today because 
they could have broken Wales far better, I think, than the way they went about it because they kind of kept Wales in the game and by playing kind of intricate um, backline moves that weren't really working. It was a lot of it was in front of Wales rather than going through Wales. So I think England will have watched that with their line speed and, and, and will we'll be kind of licking their lips at what, what Ireland presented in attack at times today. At the same time, the the, the James Lowe try, the the bear, the bear sorry the Ryan, the Ty Burn try at the end. They were really well constructed attacking play, so you can't. It wasn't all bad at all. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good point about just being a little over eager to try and go out. Yeah, patience. And there were a couple of times, particularly in the first half, I can remember Doris in particular just carrying it up the guts, taking it at the base of the rock, and just going straight through. They were just making so much ground every time they did it. But I think they felt like they could hurt Wales out wide. And in fairness, Josh Adams got taken off. Like that's a Lions player, and he had a tough enough game. Dan Sheehan ran over him in the second yeah. half. I actually thought it was uh, Thomas Williams when he went over him it was an unbelievable carry by Sheehan so they clearly had identified to try and target Wales out wide whereas the way the game panned out I felt like they should have probably adapted a little bit more than they did because like I said you had that Doris moment um, I think Ty Byrne had another one where just went straight through them because Wales were almost fanning out so they're little things that they can work on but like I said it's no harm to have them before you're going to Twickenham Yeah and you mentioned Jack Crowley obviously as well he talked 369 that's the way they should have gone he went for the three straight away and it was like what from mm. 42 metres you know so his place kicking was Good, a big yeah. talking point after the Italy game he kicked them all I know some of the conversions are right in front of the post but so you think maybe pre-Italy game management like we knew the place kicking was going to come back mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and like uh, you know you're, I still think he's adapting very well to international rugby yeah. and, and had some lovely touches and offers a running threat that, that Ireland hadn't had under in the kind of late stage Johnny Sexton um, a lot to like about what he's doing and this is the kind of these are the experiences he needs to go through so that he's able to manage games better and that's that's where he's learning on the job to some degree and I'm not putting it all on his shoulders I think O'Mahony needs to have a word and go hang on a second you know we're getting involved in a, a bit of a crazy game here let's just calm things down get the ball off the pitch because Wales didn't want to give li- Ireland line outs so they weren't kicking the ball off but yes. like Ireland have an excellent defensive line out so why not get the ball off and go up and contest and make Wales play from within their own half because then they'll make mistakes but like, this is not a great Welsh team you know so the, that that I think that 15 minutes after half time that pretty say the period where Ireland went out to 14 and they got involved in that really long phase that I think is what they they should hone in on the most because that was a bit of a crazy game to get involved in when you were down a man. They looked absolutely wrecked at the end of it, and I think that's part of the reason um, Farrell went to his bench. Like it's it's a fairly micro, you know my new criticism of them, and it's it's a fixable element, but it's just decision making and it's it's a, having the confidence in going not having the ball for a while because the third try came from a bit of box kicking because Ireland won that territory battle. It was a clever kick from Crowley that 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 ended up resulting in the try. So. They were able to do that game and they shouldn't be afraid to do it. They can't be the Harlem Goldtrotters all the time. Sometimes you've got to manage your energy, especially when you're down to 14 men. Again, look, we're talking about a big win and we're, we're, we're picking holes in a big win, but I think that's the kind of um, issues that are good teams iron out in between games and you, you don't fall in love with yourself and I don't see them not falling in love with themselves after this win. Just on Crowley, I mean... He's learning on the job, but in a team that is three bonus points wins from three in the Six Nations, I mean, it's an unbelievable luxury for him and for Ireland to have because no one is expecting him to be the finished product at all. And like, if you compare that to what Wales are unfortunately having the pain that they're going to have to go through with Sam Costello, who is, you know, I know he missed the, the, the previous round, but they're mixing a match in young tens who are in a losing and a beaten team. So this is an ideal scenario for Jack Crowley, who didn't play badly and not the run 
good as making that out at all. But it's a great situation for a young 10 to be 15 from 15 points. I agree with you, Sinead. He thought he kicked really well, and that would have been something that would have really frustrated him, I think, after the Italy game. He silenced probably a few critics uh, from that. Like you said, there was a little bit of it was over the top. So, like, all in all, it was a really good day at the office without being spectacular, I think. Yeah, it was a good win. I wouldn't say it was a great performance by any means, but they're operating on such a level that they can they can have a, a bit of an off day and still win by 24 points against Wales at home and, and be heading towards a Grand Slam with loads and loads to iron out and to learn. Um, I do think that sometimes, certainly at the World Cup, they were guilty maybe of not learning from, from the mistakes in their wins and, and New Zealand poured over the footage and good coaches will pour over the footage. So they've got to be really ruthless and forensic about it. I mean, I, we haven't heard what Andy Farrell has said yet. We will, I'm sure. And, and if he's, he may, sometimes he comes in very positive after these games, but you'd hope that behind the scenes, like, I, I think they should have been winning that game by a lot more, you know, or being far more comfortable within it. At the same time, there's probably no harm for them to have a, you know, what, it wasn't a tight game in the scoreboard, but it felt like a tight game in the second half. OK, well, let's just get the post-match thoughts of Andy Farrell and Peter O'Mahony. You know, I thought we was tenacious to be able to get to that point of a 31-7 <laughs> win with the bonus point. Um, there was all sorts of stuff that was going on in that game and some of it was our, our own doing but most of it was because we played against the tenacious uh, Welsh side as well so um, congratulations to them but we stuck at it and, uh, and brought them down in the end. You know for the, for the dominance that we had in the, in the scrum in the first half I felt uh, we, we, we could have had a, um, a, a bit of a better league going into half time. Well, having said that, coming out in the second half, I thought we was in the right place, but there was penalties all over the place and um, he was a bit stop-start. But we found our way again. We found our way to get back going and, and uh, get the result that we was after. I thought, we, I thought we, we, we got what we deserved in the end. I mean, if the, if the forward pass from Robbie uh, hadn't have been knocked off, uh, I thought that was going to be an unbelievable try, you know. And again, it was uh, us finding a way to to to, to make inroads, and I actually thought that they they defended uh, really well uh, at times, and was hard to break down. Um, but uh, to get the bonus point win, 31-7, I thought we should have been further up in in, in the first half to to be fair. But I I do understand that this is a, a young <laughs> a young Welsh side with that's trying to gain experience as well, and I thought there was. I thought they played um, bloody tough. That's that's for sure. We know that you know, we can have a, a certainly potentially a bit more intent and a little bit more accuracy. But at the same time, you know, credit to them. Um, you know, I thought they defended well. I thought they tackled well. You know, some of their collisions, some of their chop tackling was was good. Like and. Um, you know, we've been the other side of that card. I certainly have with Ireland. You know what I mean? Underdogs and and you know, it's a nice place to be. And, and you can you can get stuck in. And, and I thought they certainly did that. Um, you know, there was times where they put us under pressure. And and you know, I thought we there's a couple of times we could have turned the screw. But to be fair to them, turned the screw with our attack. But to be fair to them, they were they were good. Like you know, defensively. 
recording this podcast before the outcome of the Scotland-England game in Murrayfield. What are those elements that you feel? And also, is it almost set up for the coaches because they will want a far greater performance from Ireland going to Twickenham? Yeah, this is the point that, that we've been making. You know, I think the line-out again is going to come under focus for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Paul O'Connell will have his hands full. Rudd, Rudd touched on it. I mean, France gave them a free pass, but to be fair, a lot of that was down to the fact that Paul Willems obviously got sent off and Italy, for some strange reason, didn't challenge um, really Ireland at the line-out. So um, England absolutely will. They have the, 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 the line-out threats to do that. Um, I thought it was interesting that they've dropped Freddie Stewart for this evening's game as well, which like just it, it seemed like an anti-Steve Borthwick kind of selection because to me, um, Freddie Stewart seems like the prototype kind of fullback that he'd want. So interesting to see how that plays out. I thought the scrum was excellent, like we've mentioned. Yeah. Like That was a big, big plus because the scrum is going to need to be very good when it goes to Twickenham. Think back to the last trip to Twickenham where uh, they got screwed, but then afterwards, Reyna, Matthew Reynal, the referee, came out and said that he got a few of the decisions wrong, which is all well and good, but Ireland won that game. Obviously, there was an early red card, wasn't it, to Charlie Yeah, Hughes last as well. two years they've had red cards against England. Yeah, Freddie so Stewart as well a, here. So, uh, like there's The set piece, I think, is going to be, um, again, a big focus, but just control and composure. You know, you're going over to Twickenham, it's going to be a very different atmosphere to what it is here in terms of, you know, Irish wins. I know it's been good recently, but over the years, like Twickenham has been a tough place to go. So that's going to present different challenges as well. Just having the composure, a little bit more composure that, you know, you don't have to throw the miracle pass to, to get a try in the corner that a couple of more phases could do the job. So yeah, like I'm leaving here today with glass absolutely half full. 15 points from 15 is an amazing return and still feel like you've got plenty of scope for improvement and the camera at near the end of the game panned Andy Farrell in the coach's box and he looked like a man who not annoyed but like a, a man who I would say would be probably echoing a lot of what we're saying that there's no chance Ireland are going to be going over to Twickenham thinking that they've got it all sorted yeah like they're 160 minutes away from history no team in the professional era has done back to back Grand Slams sorry certainly in the Six Nations era has done back to back Grand Slams no Irish team has come close so this is opportunity knocks for this team you know post Johnny Sexton to come out and do something you know what would it be the fifth Irish Grand Slam in history you know these things are special and we're very very close to it and um, this is an amazing team and they didn't play amazingly today but still I thought the atmosphere was better today than it had yeah. been against Credit Italy the Welsh fans as well Welsh fans kind of got, got a run out at the end yeah, of the but not yeah, for yeah. every try which was like all jokes aside it was just crazy after every try against Italy because you were in the in danger of ruining a good thing so it was nice that they just yeah. made it a full the whole, time the whole thing was, 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 better, was yeah. better it was competitive and, and a, a, good, a good test for Ireland which they've, they've overcome with, with plenty to learn and I do expect them to be better in two weeks two, two weeks time in Twickenham but they'll be tested England have caused them more problems than most in the last couple of years even though Ireland have won those games well so um, yeah I don't think they're coasting there I think they've, they've, they've a lot to, to, to do and, and certainly it brings us down to earth a little bit as well because I, I found the build up to this game I found it very hard to make a case for Wales to win the game I thought Wales impressed me in many regards even though they're way off yeah. winning against a team like Ireland um, but they did enough to kind of show that there's a, there's a, there's a team there that the Gatlin can build for Ireland they probably it was a lovely stress test to go through before us you know a bit of a step up going to Twickenham and, and I think Scotland could cause some problems in that final game as well depending on how, how they're, they're trucking so you know there's, it's not going to be easy to get over the line but it's there for them and they, they absolutely have what it takes to get there and they have what it takes to be better than they were today and that's what they'll be trying to get done over the next two weeks Yeah for sure well Rory and Keane uh, thank you very much for that that is it from us Will and Luke will be back next week <laughs>